Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Brought to you by the Where to Hunt podcast. It's Tactical Talk with real hunters getting it done across the nation. Hey everybody, this is Eric Clark with the Where to Hunt podcast. We're going to do another Tactic Talk today on the line. Jacob Emery coming to you not... Well, from ten, from Kentucky, gonna hunt Tennessee, but you're currently in Indiana. Is that right? Yes, sir. Met a girl on Bender, and here I am. <laughs> <laughs> we can all relate to that. Uh, look, man, I wanted to bring you on the show today to talk about we we did on the the full podcast. We talked about public land access, but I want to hone in a little bit deeper and uh, really aim that towards early season public land access, like. You know, how are you accessing land early season differently than you would later on in the season, pre-rut, uh, rut, and post-rut? Um, so we have a couple notes here, but I'll let you start to grab the wheel here and drive. Well, first off, early season is, uh, it's my favorite time to hunt all year long. A lot of people kind of stray away from it with the mosquitoes, the bugs, and the snakes, and I don't really care for it either. But in my opinion, early season is the best time to capitalize on a big mature buck at least um being from kentucky i know a lot of people um they all know that once a velvet drops the animal he just completely turns into a whole nother creature and uh, a lot of times they move off up to a mile or two miles or whatever to wherever they're going to spend the fall um but yeah that early season time is um i think in my opinion it's the best time to capitalize on a big deer because they're so comfortable um the time of year um, you can do a lot of e-scouting, um, but in in my personal opinion, there's nothing better that you can do than to grab your keys and do some driving. Um, and obviously, you know, everybody keys in on beans this time of year, um, but grass fields, grown-up CRP, clover growing in them, those are the things I like to key on early season. Um, but grab your binoculars, your keys, and um you know, just get out and, and visibly try to find a deer. Uh, once I find a deer, um, the camera game starts, and uh, I'll just kind of key in on where he's feeding and start spiderwebbing him back to his bed. Do you want to intercept that that feeding area? If it's a known plot that you can count on early season, they're still in that pattern. You can intercept them there and try to get them across the cross track. For sure. And, you know, Obviously, you mentioned that it's buggy. We all know I uh, hate mosquitoes with a deep passion, uh, viscerally. Um, but hot temps are no joke either. So, like, I like that you're saying get in the car, drive around, and let the car do some of the, the walk-in and uh, get eyes on these animals so you can kind of reverse engineer where they're coming from. What types of things, uh, in addition to that, are you looking for to separate yourself? I mean, I guess there's less hunting pressure in early season, obviously, right? So... Um, how much does that kind of weigh into the early season stuff for you? I think in, based off what I've, you know, noticed the last 20 years, um, it seems like you said, there's not as much hunting pressure, uh, maybe depending on, you know, what state you're from and 
get some kind of special season. Um, something uh, like I like to do, I, I did about a month ago, is you know grab some comfy clothes, make sure you got a good wind, and if I find a good buck, most of the time he is hanging out somewhere where he is not visible from the road. I'm not saying that they won't do that, but if you can separate like where you can see that deer from the road, um, maybe maybe it's just like a ten foot. Uh, rise in elevation you know he, he could be 200 yards from the road but just be on the other side and he will not expose himself to where he knows he can be excuse me i just dropped something. um <laughs> oh, but um, i grabbed a stand in my sticks and did an observation sit uh, when i couldn't pinpoint where the deer were coming from um i've also this year used water access i haven't used my kayak yet to, to go anywhere and watch but just getting down in a ditch um maybe getting half a mile to a mile back in a bean field um, especially this late in the summer, uh, these deer will actually start bedding in the crops. Um, they will definitely bed in the beans. Um, they definitely bed in corn and nine times out of 10, you're going to catch them, you know, either just standing right up and, and start feeding in the afternoon and, or, uh, well, I don't know what you'd really call it. The irrigation ditches that go through these uh, crop fields where the, the bean pods don't actually grow. It actually leaves them enough room, you know, just to kind of clearly walk through there and, and browse as they go about their afternoon. So when you did that observation sit, you were you were seeing deer stand up in the middle of the bean field to to just browse and eat lunch, and then what, you know, wander back over and go to bed wherever the hell they like. Yeah, absolutely. At my Tennessee hunt last year, um, I actually killed the smallest buck that I had seen out of all three of the bucks that I saw that afternoon. Uh, but they, every one of them, stood up out in the beans somewhere and one of them actually stood up like five or six times he'd stand up for two or three minutes it's like he was stretching his legs or you know relieving himself whatever he was doing he'd sit right back down um so once the beans get tall enough that's uh nine times out of ten around here that's actually where they're bedding interesting so people are considering like oh i know where they're eating but now where are they bedding well maybe they're shitting where they eat and they shouldn't be <laughs> right yeah, yeah. Um, they get hard to hunt when they do that. Yeah, I bet. Cause yeah, you can't, how do you, how do you pinpoint that? Um, you gotta, I think the observations, it's probably the best possible way to do that. Right. So where are you setting up when you're doing that? When you're doing observations that way, obviously if you got binoculars, you can, you can definitely you know, be like pretty I far said, away, but do what? Oh, go ahead. I was just saying with binoculars, you can be pretty far away, but I imagine you want to get yeah. kind of close. <laughs> I actually tried to set up you know, 200 to 250 yards at least away from where I think they're going to be. Try to make sure I've got a pretty steady wind, stout wind that's not going to be blowing anywhere. Where I think they're going to come from, and of course, the last time I did it, my target deer that I was watching, he popped out 30 yards behind me straight downwind. I'm like, well, son of a gun, you know? Like, this completely defeated the purpose. But, yeah, I, I like to watch from a distance. Got some pretty good binoculars. And I uh, just kind of let them do the work for me. Um, I like to watch them in person. And you really get an idea of that deer's personality, where he likes to go, um, his habits, things like that. I know uh, one thing we talked about when you were on the show last was um, overlook spots. I know that's something that, you know, Dan Infault has talked about in the past. You know, he'd said he'd see, he'd be pretending to read the newspaper and watch hunters walk right past the deer that he had eyes on. Um, overlook spots. What are you looking for for an overlook spot? Like what? types of features can make that an attractive spot for a deer that people might just not even be considering, especially it's interesting for early season. Cause I don't want to, I hate mosquitoes. We all know that I've already said it. 
Uh, but hot temps, maybe I'm not trying to go so far and get all stunk up and sweaty, right? Um, maybe I can just go really close and actually do a good job there. What What else are you looking for? Yeah, this is that's a tough one to answer. Um, I know, I'm sorry. Every, every one of them is different. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I, I just give an example. I got a spot that I'm uh, kind of keeping tab on a couple deer this year, um, but it has zero like huntable trees. I'm talking. You can't hunt a, out of a saddle. You can't hunt out of a tree stand. You have to ambush these deer off the ground. And it's right off the road, and the field just kind of curves. Like, it doesn't do an exact L. It just, you know, kind of, like, cuts from one corner to the next. But you can't see the very back of it. And it ain't but, like, 80 yards off the road. And I've got some great bucks on camera that I would not hesitate to put an arrow through. Um, but they're just bedding in them real thick saplings. Um, that you'd have to pretty much get on your hands and knees to even crawl through. Um, and in my eyes, I just feel like, you know, traditional hunters are going to be like, well, you know, if I can't hunt the deer out of a stand or out of the tree, then I'm not fooling with it. You know, um, a lot of times, <clears throat> for instance, my buddy almost killed his second dinner doing this. There is a, I don't know how big the field is. It's five or 600 acres. It's nothing but beans. It has a ditch that goes down through the middle of it with maybe a small sapling or something like right on the ditch line. And every single year, it, it's a given people drive by day and night, never pay no attention. There is a giant out there. And it seems like once the beans get tall enough, he just he's hanging out right on that ditch bank. He's got an easy out. He's got, um, you know, he's got water. He's got bedding. He's got food. And he's, you know, miles from people. Um, that can just like walk right up to them quietly. So, I mean, they don't have to have big, you know, oak flats. They don't have to have, you know, the real pretty, real tree woods. They don't have to have food plots. Um, something like that is all a big mature deer needs. And uh, that's another thing as far as like driving around. Um, sometimes those big wide open fields, you need to slow down and, and put your put your glass on them because there's, there's bound to be one out there if he's got the right conditions. You ever just see the antlers popping up over the beans? Yeah. <laughs> what a sight, man. <laughs> Might have to grab a grab a ten foot step ladder and, and, and get up a little bit higher. That's not a bad idea either. You got a truck or a hatchback or whatever you can fit a ladder in or on top of your car, whatever you got, that'd be a good that'd be a good way to go too. You know, we got a couple minutes left here and uh, we talked about water access a little bit. You said you don't have your kayak just yet. Um you know, I got a buddy that walks down the river on public land and um it's been pretty successful for him for him to just yep i'm just gonna go right down the river and uh he's he's taking shots at deer from standing in the river they don't hear him uh he's not leaving any scent you know in the hot early season he's staying kind of cool um it's a pretty interesting tactic as long as you know the the terrain of that river right is it i can like get up to your chest and muck or something like that um right i don't know what your thoughts are on something like that i think that's a pretty neat way to do it too I think it's a, a great idea. The only thing, the problem with that around here is most of the creeks here close to where I'm at in Indiana, seems like none of them run through fields. They're all up in the Hoosier <laughs> National Forest. And anything you can do like that is normally just a big old freaking farm ditch, you know, 10 to 12 foot deep or maybe a little bit less than that. But you guarantee you get to walking around down the bottom of it. You, <laughs> you better have waders on. There might be two inches of water, but you're going to go up to your neck in mud. Yeah, um, yeah. We, but, that, you know, that's just around here. It's just relative around here. It could be completely different somewhere else with some sandy 
rockier, you know, kind of terrain in the, the bottom of the creek, like down in Tennessee or something. Yeah. I've seen some of the hunting public guys walking down some things like that. I've been watching a lot of hunting public, uh, recently getting used to trying to, trying to get myself all spun up for the season here. But, um, yeah, no, that that's good stuff, man. I, I like, uh, the approach. I, I like that. Not a lot of hunters won't even consider hunting if they can't hunt from a stand. That statement was me, you know, five, six years ago. It didn't even occur to me, right? That that was a thing you could do. I was like, well, I'm just going to, there's no trees there. I'm going to put my stand. I got this fancy stand. I want to use it. Um, exactly. <laughs> you know, and I think the, I think whitetail adrenaline's changed that for some folks a little bit, seeing how they're killing from the ground all the time, but you know, they're, they're a different breed. They're getting in super close and that's not easy either. And it's a lot of freaking work. You gotta, you gotta play chess with that animal at that rate. You're down on their level. It's their game. Oh yeah. I get, I get intimidated <laughs> with big deer. I mean, I'm, I'm not even gonna lie. You know, they're like a mystical unicorn when you finally get the opportunity at one and, uh, on the ground is just like, I can't even imagine. It's a whole nother level. Well, dude, thanks for, for coming on the taxi talk. Um, I think that's it. I think we covered the topic well. We'll we'll get this thing done up. Okay, man. Thank you. Appreciate it.